0: Can we give the Holy Spirit a hand? (laughs) (laughs) You're so good. You're so good. We honor you, Holy Spirit. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you. You know, it's funny. I I watched that video several times earlier because you know I love the artwork and expressiveness and all. I didn't hear the ending like I did tonight um, because Holy Spirit isn't in it. (laughs) We don't. We don't call God the Father. It. We don't call Jesus. It. He's. It's not. May the force be with you. You know. It's. He's. He's real. He's here. He lives in you. If you know Jesus, he lives in you. So um, get used to talking to him, not as an it, but as a friend. Okay? Um, Just funny, I didn't hear that before, (laughs) before right now. Um, That last scripture uh, is from Zechariah 4.6. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Other translations say the Lord of heavenly forces. Um. See, I just read this the other day. I was I was going through the Word, and this just jumped out at me. And and I don't know if you ever, any of you ever get concerned about things, things that you that maybe you're wondering how they're going to work out or how come it's not working out. And and suddenly I saw this verse, and it just gripped me. And I was, I mean, I got I got a little bit. Uh, I don't have the podium here because I wanted to pound on it, but <laughs> I got a little bit, you know, forceful in a really good way. I'm like, it's not by my power. It's not by, by my might. It's by your spirit that this is going to happen. And then I took each one of those things that I was concerned about or wondering how it's going to work out, including this building, this church building. And I said, it's not going to happen by my might. It's not going to happen by my power. It's going to happen by your spirit. And something, the whole room was shifting. It's like heaven was rejoicing. Yes, son. yes, yes. Yes. So, but sometimes we can see that and think, oh, well, then I guess I'll just kind of sit over here in a corner until God does something. No, you're supposed to be engaged with heaven. There's a relationship here, and he invites you in. And actually, our agreement with God makes a huge difference. I I don't claim to know it all, like, how come everything we ask for doesn't happen? How come you know certain things we never ask for that are good for us they happen anyway i can't answer all those questions here's what i know to be true is that is that when we intentionally engage with god and agree with heaven there is an increase in the in the things that happen in your life in the good things that happen i know that to be a fact i know that personally just from my own life to be true um so this is pentecost right that i mentioned that's the that's the word the the, the Jewish holiday is actually let me just put it up here the Jewish holiday for Pentecost is actually Shavuot and um, this is the weekend for that Um, so the original holiday was was called the Shavuot which means the festival of weeks or the festival of the harvest um, which commemorated God giving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai 50 days after the Exodus so the Exodus is Jewish people enslaved for 400 years. Can someone say a long time? That's so many years you don't remember anything but that. And suddenly, by God's power and divine choice, they are set free. They're set free. They're on their way. Fifty days later, they receive the laws uh, from Moses, uh, um, uh, from God to Moses on Mount Sinai. Why is that significant? So here's Pentecost. Pentecost. Holy Spirit was given to us as a gift 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. Anybody getting this yet? God, he's more than just timely, he's brilliant. It's not co- this is not a coincidence. So why is this significant? Jesus comes, his death, his resurrection sets us free. We've been in slavery for how long? Oh, try 2000 years. 4000 years, sorry. Two thousand years since, about four thousand years since Adam. We're set free. Fifty days later comes, comes Holy Spirit. Well, how is that reminiscent of the, the Old Testament, uh, the, the Ten Commandments? Well, because God says, I got a new plan. And in this new plan called grace, I'm going to put myself inside of you and I'm going to live out for you what you could not do for me. My spirit, my laws are going to be written on your hearts. Do you see how significant this is? This is the promise. This is what was given to us. That's why he said, I want you to wait. And God, right on time, said, yeah, we're going to pick Shavuot, Pentecost, to birth the church. And suddenly, suddenly, they turned the world upside down. Twelve disciples didn't even, you know, they so often didn't get it that Jesus was going... Mm. come you guys aren't getting this yet oh you have little faith I just showed you that can't you do it and suddenly they're given the spirit bam that day 3,000 are added to them that day Peter the very one who denied Jesus three times a a couple weeks earlier he's the one preaching the word and 3,000 come running into the kingdom that day and are baptized on the same day same time they believe they repent and they're baptized repent means i'm going this way doing my own thing whoa god you're real and you want me and i want you now you're going his way and he says yeah and baptism with that because you got a brand new life your old life is dead 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 we're going to look at this let me see oh first of all holy spirit he's People will say, well, why do I need this experience of baptism? You know, why do I need this fresh fire? Doesn't he live in me when I say yes to Jesus? Yes. He lives in you for your sake. What do I mean by that? Fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness. He's, he's work, he's, Jesus is in you and he's working it out through you so that you look like Jesus and smell like Jesus. But he's upon you for the sake of the world. He fell that day because Jesus said, you you need the Holy Spirit to go do what I told you you're going to do. You're going to win the world. You're going to go tell the world about me, and they're going to come. But you need my Spirit upon you to do that. It's this power. It's this boldness. It's this courage of a lion that comes on you. That's the Holy Spirit for the sake of the world. So as I said earlier, Holy Spirit is not an option. It's so funny. In Christendom, (laughs) not dumb, but yes, you know, no pun intended. In, in the Christian world, we treat Holy Spirit as if he's an optional, um, you know, I think I do want that backup camera on my car. Go ahead and add it. Oh, no, I don't want that one. You know, we treat him as if he's an addition. We can choose or not choose. No, no, he's, he's one with the Father and the Son. He's not an option. He's part of the package. And he's the one that was given to us to walk this thing out. Honestly, without him, we're kind of toast. You know what I mean? We really, really, really need him. So, so my encouragement to you all, if you haven't gotten to know him, get to know him. Hey, you know what? Here's a book. I I know everyone's got their opinions on different speakers and authors and whatever, and that's okay. But I'll just tell you from my life many years ago, when I read Benny Hinn's Hinn's book on Good Morning Holy Spirit, I, I, I got to know Holy Spirit in a way I never knew him. So if you've, if this is all brand new to you, I think that's a great primer, a great place to start to say who is Holy Spirit really and, and what difference could he make in my life. I don't, I don't think you can read that book and not be dramatically touched. That's my opinion. Um, another really good one is the Bible. Okay. Um, so how does, this, how does this tie into baptism? Oh, it has everything in the world to do with baptism. Here's Jesus. Remember Jesus? Remember when he comes, he is baptized, oh, Jesus is baptized, that's right, that right there might be a really key point to know that baptism is pretty important for all of us, if Jesus himself said, no, no, I must be baptized, this is part of the deal, as he comes up out of the water, Holy Spirit falls uh, like a dove, rests on him, and suddenly, suddenly, He is launched into his ministry of power and of miracles. He didn't do that before age 30. What happened? Holy Spirit happened to Jesus. I know that sounds crazy because they were actually co-eternal existent in heaven before Jesus ever came. But when Jesus came to the earth, he came as a man. He came as a man to show us how to live as as a human being. How is that? Oh totally dependent on the Holy Spirit, needing his power and and all oh also gazing at Papa the whole time. See He came to show us how to live this life. And then of course He paid the price to give us full access to all of it. Isn't this amazing? I mean this is the kingdom. So here so baptism, um check this verse out, Acts twenty two, sixteen. And now what are you waiting for? get up be baptized and wash your sins away calling on jesus name who is that to that was actually spoken to saul of tarsus who was killing christians spoken by ananias to him so paul was you know pretty mean dude thought killing christians was a great pastime and thought he was doing god a favor actually and jesus comes to him and says why are you persecuting me Jesus comes to him, brilliant light, so brilliant, Paul is, is blinded, he can't see, and Jesus says, I'm the one you're persecuting, and, and Paul meets Jesus, and he's, you know, devastated by what he's done. Jesus doesn't disqualify him, he doesn't send him to hell, he says, Paul, you're the man I'm going to use to change the world. That's, that's a, a Selah right there, um, which means a great point where you have to stop and ponder, Okay, just defining my terms. All right. So Acts 22:16. This is where. This is where. So now Ananias prays over him. Scales fall off his eyes, like uh, yeah. So he can see. And this is what he says to him. He says, Saul, what are you waiting for? He just met Jesus. He's like, what are you waiting for? Go get baptized. See, I told you this a couple weeks ago when I talked about baptism. We separate the two. Uh, We we also think of baptism as, ah, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Oh, I'll get around to it. It's because we don't understand the significance of it at all. We don't don't get why heaven said this is so important. Um, It's because of our total immersion into Christ, our total identity in Christ. It's not separated from our belief in Him. It's not a separate event, really. And uh, so that's why I've told you all this before. So I'm going to deputize you all because... I'm I'm being really serious here. So you're in Yosemite. You're walking along. You meet some people who are kind of hiking the same way you are. You get in a discussion. You start telling them about what Jesus has done for you. And they say, well, I want that. I mean, who wouldn't if they really knew who Jesus was, right? And suddenly they say, yes, how do I do that? Oh, just receive him in your heart. You believe he's the son of God. And that he died for your sins. And it's that's all because it's like a child. You have to receive it. And they do that. And then you keep walking. And then you pass over this right by a stream. You. I'm talking to each one of you. And you pass by a stream. And there you are with this person. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to baptize them. I'm giving you permission. Some of you are saying, You can't do... Where's your seminary degree? Show me your seminary degree. And I will say, show me that in the Bible. Do you need a seminary degree to lead someone to Christ? I hope not. Otherwise, we've got only a few people leading people to Christ. So so why does the rules change to baptize them? I'm just saying. See, we've separated it out. The church has said, you know, we're going to send you through 16 weeks of learning about this so that you can do it right. You know, no, no, no. It's just one and the same. Let's talk about it. What, what is it? Here it is in um, Galatians, I believe. Yes, 327. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Let me tell you what's going on in baptism and why it's so important that you do it as a believer, because prior to saying yes to jesus you had this thing on you i'll call it a cloak just for now but this and it's really heavy and it's really yucky and it's called sin see we think of sin as what we do wrong that's actually not true in the bible sin is a a noun it's this entity it's this yucky thing that thank you adam you know we we got we got on us just because that was part of the fall Jesus comes along and says, you know what? This doesn't belong to you because I already took this from you. Instead, I'm going to clothe you with, well, me. That's the trade-off. And one of the reasons why we still struggle with sin so much is because we actually don't believe that trade-off. We're still in a victim mentality of, I can't help it. I can't help what I do. I try, God. God. And he's saying, no, understand and agree with the transaction that's taking place in heaven. Because what you see, when you see who you are, you actually start walking in it. That's the way the kingdom works. It's not you trying harder. It's you agreeing. This is the way it is. This is the way it is. So check this out. This is from Romans chapter six. The verses will be on the next slide. This is from the mirror translation. What are we saying then in water baptism? If we are not declaring that we understand our union with Christ in his death. So we're united with him in his death. Baptism pictures how we were co buried together with Christ in his death. Then it powerfully illustrates how in God's mind, we were co raised with Christ into a new lifestyle. It's much more than a lifestyle, but it is a lifestyle. We perceive that our old lifestyle was co-crucified together with him. This concludes, check this out. What's the conclusion of all this? That the vehicle that accommodated sin in us, this cloak thing, was scrapped and rendered entirely useless. Our slavery to sin has come to an end. That's our exodus. That's our exodus. It's real. You guys, this is realer than real. It is. If we Satan's biggest biggest fears, we're going to actually know who we are. And in the meantime, he's trying to, you know, drag you down with what a horrible person you are and give you shame because you did this or that. And, and we get stuck in that shame and that's not going to help you out at all. That's not going to get you in the right track. Instead, You have to go back to who am I? What was this transition from from dead, old, yuck, sin cloak to new, alive, yummy, wonderful, righteousness cloak of Jesus clothed in Christ himself? You have to remember that's who you are. Because that amazing person, when they know who they are, this stuff, it doesn't... it's, It's like a foreign world. It's like... You can look back at stuff you did last week. As a Christian, can Christians do wrong things? Anyone? Okay. As a Christian believer, you can look back at a few weeks ago when you totally forgot who you were. When you're in your right mind, which means you remember these things and what you're clothed in, you can look back at that and go, what the heck? That, that doesn't even make sense. That's crazy. Because now you're in your right mind. I'm telling you, this is the way it works. It really is. So so it's about agreement. And that's what baptism is. So you're going down. You're going down. Your old self is going down. You're going down under the water because you're burying that old sin thing. And guess what? When you come up, that sin cloak, it ain't on you. There's There's a new nature in Christ. That's who you are. So your old self is dead under the water. Your new self raised with Christ where you are seated right now in the heavenlies. This, if, especially if you have a hard time really holding on to what I'm saying right now, like, you're like, I know that. Why, do I, why can't I get this? I want to say, if you've not been baptized, there's something that's going on in the Spirit. It's not just a cool idea. Something is going on in the Spirit. I don't know all the things. Some, some people have seen angels. They've seen awesome things while they've been baptized, but something's going on. Whether you feel it or not, something's going on. So tonight... Um, let me see if there's anything left here. Oh, so one last way of saying this from Ephesians 4.24, put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Some of you are saying, well, how can I do that? How can I put on something? Well, it is all God. It's all supernatural. What's your part in it? Agreement. And then you're saying yes to God. What's, God says you're clothed in righteousness. So your yes to God says, yes, God, I'm agreeing. I'm a my old person's a dead, dead and gone. Sin can't tell me what to do anymore. You come out. That's your part. That's how you put on a new self. It's God who does it, but you do. He does wait for you to co-labor with him. He says, I, I'm looking for your permission. Okay, so that's what we're doing tonight. If you are here uh, to be baptized, you already know it. I'm going to release you right now to go ahead and go into the bathrooms and change. And then we're going to have you all sit right here. So all you being baptizers, I think there's about nine or ten of you, something like that, but we're going to have you sit in this front row and we'll just have you one at a time come up. So go ahead and go. If you're The rest of you stay put. This isn't your permission to leave. You can't. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so as they're leaving, I'm just going to explain a little bit about what's going to happen here because that will give them time to change and uh, the first ones that come back, they're going to be the first ones that get baptized. Um, and uh, Pastor Todd over there, wherever he is, who led worship way back there. He's also going to baptize a few people, which is awesome. I want to say again, after hearing this tonight, if there's something in your heart that's going, I got to get baptized, can I tell you, you don't have to wait past tonight. Um, just a practical thing is, you know, this thing isn't here all the time. They just put it up for us, but um, we in the past have done baptisms only every year or two. You know, it's not like we do it every week and I'll just wait till next week. So, um, but if you want to be baptized, I remember when we were, um, uh, or the rest of you already changed. Is that what's going on? I haven't seen very many people leave and I know there's several that were getting baptized. So anyway, okay, I'll let that go. Um, uh, when I was a pastor, um, many years ago, we were having, yeah, thank you. If you're changed, come on up here. Perfect. Um, as I was a pastor many years ago, we had uh, baptisms in a pool in someone's backyard. And there was one woman in particular and she was dressed to the hilt because she was going to go to a you know, p- fancy party or gathering or something afterwards. God so moved on her heart. She she starts bawling. I've got to do this. And she went in with, you know, expensive silk dress. When, when God gets a hold of you, you need, to obey. you need to obey. You need to follow what your heart is saying. If you will, not just in baptism, in life, when God starts doing something in your heart, if you will say yes to that, you're going to start seeing blessings like crazy in your life. So often it's fears that keep us away from doing what God has asked us to do. Like, well, what'll other people think? Or I can't do that or whatever. No, just if the Lord says it and you know it in your heart, just do it you 're going to get so blessed, so these people, as we baptize them, and since there's a couple here already we 're going to start really soon i 'm going to just shed these in a second to my bathing suit but I had a point i 'm making here so um, after after they get baptized, when they come up i 'm going to ask you i 'm going to ask you to go ahead and say your name just so everybody can hear it, and they 're either going to share a little bit about about the difference Jesus has made in their life, about, you know, why they're, why they're choosing to be baptized. Clearly, Christ got a hold of them. Or, if they don't want to, I'm going to um, ask them, who's your Lord and Savior? Because it's part of baptism is you're saying to the world, I love Jesus. I believe in Him. I'm, he's, he's my Lord and Savior. He, he died for me. I'm His. So you're saying to the world, I'm, I'm not ashamed. This is... This is my savior. So they're going to do one or the other, and then we'll baptize them. As they come up, they'll get back out and dry off, and then we're going to have—I didn't tell them all yet—but we're going to have some of the elders over here um, anointing them with oil and just speaking blessing and, and uh, perhaps some prophetic prayers. These are not going to be taped. So this is a really practical thing. Like, um, so if you're here, like a friend and a family member, and you got a, you know, an iPhone or some well iPhone. Yeah, never mind. I won't go there. It's got to be Mac or... Oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. I'm, I was picking up the Bethel anointing right there. Okay. Um, but if you have something that has a recording device, you have my... Not, not a whole bunch of you because we don't have the room, but, but you have my permission if one person wants to come up and kind of tape what they're saying to them, you know, just like right up where they are because that's the only way they're going to hear it later if they wanted to hear it back later. You, you have our permission to do that. Um, this also is not going to be on the podcast. We have a podcast on our website, blazingfire.org. It's all free. You go up there and you can listen to the message I just gave. So we'll have that 20 minute message, but we're not going to have the baptisms, um, on the podcast. So just so you who are sharing, know, it's not going to go out to the world. Okay. It's it's just for in-house right here.